Hey there, welcome back. You're listening to The DM with Audrey, Brianne, and Tyree. On this week's episode of The DM, we will be having a Q&A with legendary costume designer Mona May. So today, guys, we are joined by famed costume designer Mona May, whose works include Clueless, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, The Wedding Singer, Never Been Kissed, Enchanted, and many, many more. Thank you so much, Mona, for joining us today. Could you please tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you got your start as a costume designer? Well, hi, everybody. Nice to be here. Thank you for you know coming to listen and, and join us today. Uh, super excited to share my life and my work with you and what I do. I'm a costume designer. What that means, I am the head of the department for the costumes. I create all the costumes for a film, for all the cast members, you know, the main stars, movie stars, for the smaller parts, and also for all the extras. So I really oversee everything uh, that has to do with costume uh, I'm usually hired by the director. I have an agent, so agent gets a call from somewhere and they're interested in hiring me. So he'll get a script for me, I'll read a script, and then I'll go for interview. Sometimes I know the director, so I get the job. Sometimes I do have to uh, create a presentation, read the script, create a presentation. Kind of, it's like almost like a cold call because you don't know the director, you don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So I have to come in with a bunch of ideas and kind of sell my ideas. And you really hope that at that moment when you meet someone, you kind of, you have a creative connection. And that's really important, I think, in all of the work that I do, that you have a creative connections with people. Because that's, you know, it's a, if you have a similar vision or similar point of view of things, it's easier. You know, you're not, you, you, you kind of align in a way. So that's usually what happens in the first meeting kind of the interview meeting, you see if you are kind of connecting and if, you know, maybe your vision, not completely, but somewhat is what they are, you know, thinking as well. You also want to bring a lot to the table, but that usually happens later when you get the job and, you know, you kind of entrust it into the process. You read the script even more in detail and have more creative direction from the director then you can kind of bring your other ideas to the table that could be maybe a little bit different, but you may teach them something or open their eyes or or give them ideas, you know, which good directors, I feel like that's what they usually hire you for. They hire you for your talent and they want to see what you're bringing to the table, but also something, you know, out of the box, which I think is, is really good. I also look for that in my assistants as well. You know, when I hire people to work for me, I hire them for, you know, their abilities, for their experience, for their good taste, something that aligns with my taste, what I do, maybe different movies I hire different people for with different skills. You know, Clueless would be a different type of skill than Enchanted where you have making everything. Somebody has to have more skill about fabrics and construction. But to me too, you know, I want to align with someone who can see my vision, but also I want them to use their own taste and their own ideas to bring it to the table because I'm not, let's say, if I send them out to get something, I may not know that there is something in the store that could be very interesting and just kind of an oddball for the particular character. So yeah, so that's kind of what I do. My main, you know, my job 
is to oversee the department. I also work very closely, not only with the director, but with the director of photography, the DP. I work very closely with the production designer. So kind of the three of us are the main department heads who create the look for the film. You know, we take what's on the script page and bring it to life in a different ways. And to me, that's really just kind of the best part of my job is to really create the story and tell the story through the costumes. It's really, you know, who the character is. You really get deep into it. You know, what do they do? Where do they went to school? You know, where do they grow up? And kind of, are they poor? Are they rich? Are they fancy or just slobs? You know, like all of that. Are they depressed? Are they happy? Do they like to wear their clothes very tight and sexy or are they loose and kind of hiding under clothes? That's really kind of the best part of getting into the psychology of, of each character and figuring out. Because when you really think of it, when you're watching movies, it really is like when you see the character on the screen, within 20 seconds or less, you probably know who they are by what they're wearing. You know, they don't even have to open their mouth and talk and tell you about themselves. You know exactly who they are, right? So that's yeah. kind of the coolest part because it's the more kind of authentic and clear you are in, in a way of creating the costumes, the more audience can understand. And that's really cool because it takes time to, to figure it out, to really kind of have a knock for it, you know? And I think that I've been doing it for 25 years. I have a very kind of in, almost intuitive feeling for it as well. Kind of like, you know, who, who are they? What, what would feel right? What would feel authentic, you know? And then you get the actor and then, you know, the whole process of, of preparing costumes is so interesting because you can have the meetings and you have the ideas and you make the, you know, boards and visual collages and all of that kind of stuff. But not till you get the actor in a room. Mm-hmm. That's when everything really gets figured out because it's the energy. It's the energy of the actor. It's their body. It's their, how they see the character. You know, you can have like a bunch of clothes in there and you thought this was going to be the outfit. And it's really that brown sweater in the end of the rack that you were like, oh, just throw it in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they put it on, it's like, oh my God. And it's that moment in the fitting when you know it's right, that's working, they feel like the character. It's like almost when you have the goosebumps, you know, on your arm. So that's, that's really the really, really fun part, I think, for all costume designers. You know, it's kind of the, that's, creative juices like that's where it's like oh my god we are like figuring this out this is happening and then you see the actor just kind of the in and that's our job you know so when they show up on the set it's like they 100% they 100% the character you know it's hair makeup their lines they're ready to go it's so awesome it's really awesome so you have worked on a lot of projects have you ever taken a moment and sat down and watched something back? Or what have you watched recently that you probably haven't watched in a while? Wedding Singer. I was so recently, it was Wedding Singer was on somewhere. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. It was so much fun. And like, you know, when I watch movies, it's different because I remember the moments of like crazy stuff going down or how that yeah. shirt happened or this almost didn't happen. Or, you know, <laughs> it was really fun to actually watch Wedding Singers. I forgot how colorful it was, like, you know, the 80s and kind of mm-hmm. like the color palette was so intense because the production designer we worked really closely. So the walls were bright and the clothes were bright, you know, very different to Clueless. Clueless was kind of we, the production designer and the director 
with Emmy Eckerling, our director, the decision was to make the walls more quieter, mm-hmm. to let the clothes kind of jump up all the colors, you know. So it was interesting, a different approach that we did in the coolest. But yeah, it was fun watching Wedding Singer. And it's, it's people tell, you know, people always call me like, your movie's on, or, you know, coolest <laughs> is on again, or Romy and Michelle, or, you know. That's it's always really, really fun, yeah. What kind of research do you do for high school fashion when you work on projects that are about that age group? Hmm, Well, it's, you know, Clueless was very interesting. The the research would maybe different because, like, I was prepping Clueless in 1995. And when we went to look at the locations for Clueless with the director, we went to high school in, like, Van Nuys in the Valley and, you know, different places, Beverly Hills. Everybody was dressing grunge. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's really looking like, you know, Kurt Cobain and all those guys, kind of grungy with the baggy pants. The girls look like boys, boys look like girls, you know, it was like just one giant pledge shirt and a baggy pants, <laughs> sea of it, you know. So that wasn't really something that was inspiring me, you know, and the the script read that these girls were rich girls living in Beverly Hills and they have all the money in the world to go to the Paris shows and have the best fashions. So it was really having to create something, fashion that wasn't really on the street yet. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the future. So I looked at the runway shows of Paris, Milan, and all the different fashion centers of the world to see what's going on, you know, what's there, what's six months from now, because everything comes back to us, you know, from the runways. It takes time to kind of seep through. So, you know, when you make films, takes about six months to a year for the film to come out after you make it. So you also have to mm-hmm. be smart. Okay, what are the things that are on the runway that are actually going to be cool, that's going to be cool in a year? As well as taking that idea of the high fashion and then transforming it into the authentic characters who are on the page. Because you don't want, you know, Cher or Dion be running around in high heels and being snooty models. That's not who they were. You know, they were just like really cool young girls into fashion, very kind of unique in themselves, but still very youthful, very young, almost innocent, you know? And that was also the times, you know, I think if the movie was ever remade, it would be very hard because I think part of the charm of the costumes and the fashion that was very innocent still. It was never oversexed. We didn't really see a lot of skin. It was very girly, very kind of fresh, feminine, pretty. And that's what the director wanted, you know. So that kind of was the approach on that film, particularly. It was really blending the fashion, creating the fashion from the future with things that I could get, with making things, with, you know, getting it at the mall and mixing it with, for Dion a lot, we did a lot of vintage stuff, which was really fun, you know, vintage purses and like her leopard coat was vintage and, you know, a bunch of different things. Uh, But she and. That was really fun. And I think I was able to kind of, it's almost like I gave a whole fresh spin on fashion in the sense that at the time in the 90s, people didn't mix high and low. Mm-hmm. Like we do now, you know, you can wear ripped jeans with your flip-flops and a Balenciaga purse. Yeah, Nobody did that then. You know, it was like a high fashion or you were like a mall kid or you were maybe a vintage girl. Mm-hmm. So now taking all of it and mixing it was very, very fresh at the time. And that was really fun. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the research takes me and then it takes me to another path. And then I take the reality and mix it with things. Um, but I'm always, you know, I come from fashion, fashion design. I went to Fidden, I studied in Europe. And 
to me, fashion always influences my films. You know, I always look to fashion because I always want something fresh. I, I, I mean, maybe the characters, not all characters have to have something fresh because sometimes characters maybe like outdated clothes or that's what, what's called. But, you know, I just recently was working on Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was such a cool show because, you know, Punky, I didn't watch the Punky when I was younger, but I knew about Punky and then I watched the shows. And now she's a mom herself, you know, four kids. So how do you take Punky, a kid who was so kind of fun and, and she has quirky fashion and, you know, she just was so adorable. How do you translate that into now an adult woman? You know, so you kind of take her little pieces, like her bandanas that she wore, her overalls or, uh, you know, the little different pins. Because a grown-up woman still can wear that. You know, she can like be the cool mom. And that was our goal to kind of make her funky, cool, artistic mom. Because I think that, you know, a lot of women get stuck in their route and like, okay, it's the, it's the plaid shirt or the pants or a t-shirt. So we kind of made her rock and roll mom. And that was really fun, you know, to inspire women out there that maybe you can wear like leather joggers with a t-shirt and your Doc Martens and even cute little to go out a dress on a date with Doc Martens. So kind of edgy and kind of a little bit of street, you know, which was really, really fun to do. So what I was getting at, I always look at fashion. You know, I always want to bring something fresh, kind of inspire the audience to take something home and go, oh, you know what? I really love that. Maybe this is how I can wear it. Or, oh, I have that in my closet. I haven't worn it in five years, but now I can mix it up with something else. So that's always kind of my goal, you know, to inspire, to have fun. I mean, to me, fashion is so fun. It's about color. You know, I love color. I was born in India. You know, I, I think as a, as a child, I was just exposed to so much color. So when you look at Mona May movies, they always explode with color. Because yes. I think it's energetic, you know, I think, I think color is energetic and it's really, I don't know, it has emotion, you know, like that yellow suit and clueless, you know, when you really think about it, I think it's like one of the most famous costumes besides maybe Marilyn yeah. Monroe white dress, you know, yeah, or ruby slippers, because mm-hmm. it really is like, wow, the yellow plant, but how this came about, you know, was like where the scene was set. It's a opening of the movie she's first day of school she's in the quad there's a lot of people crossing by right there's very a lot of green around her it's california and we wanted to do plaid because it was like school uniform but now what would Cher do you know she would just get something fabulous plaid school uniform but then you know it's it's some european designer or something so I had, you know, we, we decided on a plaid suit. So I had like a blue suit and I was like, oh, I think the blue suit is going to look great. And we had a red one and then I found the yellow. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if blonde is going to look good on a yellow. I mean, if yellow is going to look good on a blonde. And that's what I was talking about. Like in a fitting, Alicia came, we started trying the stuff on. The blue was really pretty, but it was just kind of like, oh, it's cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to really pop in the scene. You know, the red became kind of too Christmassy. And then she put the yellow on and it was like a sunshine, a ray of sun just stepped out and it was like, this is it. This is going to be amazing. She's going to just pop. It's, it's so energetically happy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, she's center of the world, of the school. So it's, it's so amazing to me how color can really translate an energy as well. 
of that moment, you know, on the screen and, and, and give so much to the character. Mm-hmm. Well, we were just curious since, you know, you were talking about Clueless. We actually reviewed the film Banana Split on the DM uh, uh, season one. We uh, wanted to hear a little bit about that and your inspo for the, the costumes there. Well, that was one of those, another crazy movie because that movie had so many costume changes. I mean, Clueless had about 60 changes. I think we were pretty close there because there were so many different days that we had to show them traveling and doing things and friendship. It was like a whole summer of, of just fun. And that was really fun because, you know, in this movie, they did have money. So that was kind of the inspiration about behind, behind those costumes because they were like super cool girls. It was summer, you know, they're funky, they're into fashion, but they really created from more like thrift stores, yeah. you know? So that was really cool. So it's kind of like more street, more edgy, more innovative. Like if you went to Brooklyn or somewhere, you know, or in LA, maybe like Silver Lake and how kids are really dressing there and they go and have like a, you know, a gas station uniform jacket or, or even a scout you know, I think I, no, I couldn't use the scout jacket, I think, in the film because you couldn't clear it. But like, you know, something like that with the cool pair of shorts or, you know, your older brother, big jeans or mom, you know, 90s big jeans. So it was really fun. And they were so different too. So Hannah Mark's character, the uh, dark hair character, you know, who was mm-hmm. working at the, and the new girl who was moving in, who was like dating her boyfriend. You know, she was very feminine and pretty, a very kind of sunny, almost California girl as Hannah Mark's character was more edgy, you know, kind of like she would wear weird socks and weird shoes and and funky t-shirts. And, you know, we had really fun, cool graphics. Remember the bear t-shirts? I mean, we had like really fun stuff. So stuff like this is really fun to do because you're much more free. And then you have cool people like Hannah Marks. Like she's an amazing person. She is a writer director and an actress. I mean, she's like a freaking genius, you know? <laughs> and she's so cool and she also loves fashion. Really? And it was interesting because we actually, the director, Ben Kasuke, knows Emmy Heckling and that's how I got the, onto the movie because Emmy was like, you should just get Mona. She's the best. She's the best. She's <laughs> going to make this, you know, the movie cool. So we met up and I loved Ben and then I actually knew Hannah from another little project. She was in Rose McGowan short film mm-hmm. that Rose directed. It was called Dawn. So that's how I met Hannah like a few years before that. So it was kind of like very interesting how it all, you know, Hollywood is so small. It's so cool to just, you know, you always meet somebody and something happens and, you know, maybe they're a PA on a job and now they are directing. I mean, you just never know, you know, but uh, going back to Hannah, I just love her. She's just so cool. And she brought a bunch of her own clothes and then we thrifted and then we went through thrift, thrift stores together because we didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, okay, I can't go to thrift stores, get the clothes, bring it to the fitting because we can't return them. So it was <laughs> the three of us going to thrift stores and like we had such luck. You know, it's like one of those things like you're just finding the right things everywhere you yeah. go. It was so awesome. And uh, I love doing that too with Alicia Silverstone. You know, sometimes she does the smaller movies and she was like, Mona, you gotta help me. You gotta make me look good. Okay, let's go. And we go, me and Alicia Silverstone in like thrift stores on Melrose, you know. 
Yeah. And, and then she brings her microbiotic food and we like eating, you know, in the little like dressing room, her special food. It's so funny. She's such a hippie. I love her. But, you know, she's amazing. Alicia Silverstone, too. She's a huge vegan. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if people know about her. She has written a couple books and she recently has started like a vitamin supplement line that's like organic and vegan and all this stuff. So these people, check it out. She's, she's amazing. And she was like that at 18 when we met. Oh, wow. You know, she would she would come to the fittings. She was already an activist, you know, animal activist. Then she would come with her three dogs. She came in her sweatpants to the fittings, you know. So it was so interesting. We actually had to kind of teach her about how to wear the clothes, how to about fashion, high fashion and stuff. And of course, it was kind of annoying to her in a way because we had to have so many fittings and like tortures, you know. I mean, I love that line in the movie where she said, the clothes are so binding. It was kind of like what she felt like. The clothes were so binding, you know. And it was so funny. Not till recently, maybe five, five years ago. I can't remember when there was a screening of clothes at the Forever Cemetery, you know, in LA. In Hollywood. And she brought her sons. Her son never seen the movie and we were like sitting there in little, you know, on our blankets and uh, we're all watching and she said, you know, Mona, I never really knew the impact of the clothes till like much later, you know, it's just... And I mean, we really, none of us knew because when we were doing the movie, it's not like we set ourselves to like, oh my God, this movie, I'm going to be talking about this movie 25 years later. No yeah. way. You know, we were just, we had such a great director. You know, Emmy Heckling is brilliant. She wrote a brilliant script. I mean, she cast it incredibly, you know. I mean, from from uh, Stacey Dash and, and Alicia, of course, and, and, you know, the late Brittany Murphy, you know, and like, I mean, Paul Rudd. It's just... Yeah. You know, it was just a brilliant cast. So we were just having a super fun time, you know, and we were, we had a great leader who just gave us kind of freedom and great direction. And I mean, you know, using hats in movies is very rare. I love yeah. hats. So, you know, I always wear hats, kind of my <laughs> signature. But Emmy was like, yes, bring me more hats. Let's do it. You know, it's like, and what a great thing. I mean, it's such a big part of that film too. So, you know, again, like maybe coming back to the beginning of the conversation of collaborating with people, you know, finding the people that you speak the same language, the people kind of give you freedom and let you kind of be the best of you in your craft, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are the best, best kind of collaborators, people you can work with, connect, you know. So, you know, when I talk to young people, they're like, you know, how do you start and how do you get into it? I think find your tribe, you know, start doing small projects, you know, find the people you connect with, find your little group, you know, I mean, when I started, we didn't have the way to showcase our stuff. You know, like now you have all the different ways of being on Instagram or being, you know, doing, getting your stuff out so people can mm-hmm. see your art. And it's great to have that platform because when I'm looking for people, I go to their Instagram and I see what they're doing. And, you know, I, I immediately see their art and immediately see their kind of uh, taste level or, you know, how they see things. And is it something that what I'm looking for, you know? So I think it's really great for young people to have it. You just have to really get into it. I think you have to be creative. You can't be lazy. You have to really love what you do and follow your passion. And I think that's where the success really lives, you know, for anybody, for I think a musician, a, you know, an actor, a costume designer, a fashion person, because this is what my life is. You know, I, 
I'm an artist. You know, I live it every day. I, I'm in Berlin now. I was just in Vancouver for four months. You know, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I, I love my life. You know, I create a really beautiful life. I bring my dog, Mishu. Come here. Who's sleeping? Mishu. There he is. He's asleep. But, you know, I create my life. I, I mean, I didn't choose to have a family and have a bunch of kids and have a white house with a picket fence. I chose a different life, you know, but that's my passion. I wake up. Even though if it's 5 a.m., maybe I can be grumpy a little bit, but I get my coffee and I go get my walk and I get the energy going and I'm happy. So I think that's what to me is a good life, you know, when you really choose your path and you're happy with the path and you can share your, your gift with other people, you know, and that's what I love. I mean, I love talking to you. I love teaching. I love being now in Berlin and being with the girls who were so happy to meet Mona May, who is, you know, clueless and they ask me all the questions and I can teach them something too, you know, because we are such a pros in LA. I can bring some of that here or wherever I go. You know, being a mentor is really important to me. Uh, you know, to give back now all the experience that I've had and all the stories that I have. So I don't know. I think that that is kind of what excites me in life, you know, and, and always keeping pulse on the fashion and seeing what's going on and meeting people. You know, people ask me, what am I, what inspires me? Anything inspires me. Walk, you know, smells, flowers, fashion on the street, you know, different cultures, uh, anything, art, of course, you know, photography, I think anything as artists can trigger us, you know. I mean, look at your beautiful lipstick. I love it. It's so pretty, oh, you know. Thanks. So it's it's that's that's kind of what it's about, I think. Do you have I know that you kind of worked on the same genre. Is there a genre that you haven't worked on or uh, do you have a favorite genre to work on? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's an it's a interesting question. I mean, I think I've done all kinds of movies because I've done comedy. Yes. I did, you know, a lot of comedies, but I also did, did a very dark movie, Eight Millimeter with Nick Cage. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've done children movies, which is like Stuart Little, which is CGI. That was a very cool thing. I love, that was a great kind of learning experience to do, to dress a mouse that's four inches tall and mm-hmm. all the costumes are just drawn and made in, you know, a computer. Uh, Enchanted was kind of a fantasy, so that was a different genre. I love doing that because I got to design everything, you know, like draw and make the, the white big dress and then all the different dresses and then the evil queen Narissa dress, which is, you know, I think phenomenal. It's so beautiful. There's actually a book right now out. It's the art of costuming by Disney. Disney published it. So I urge all of you who are like into fantasy and beautiful costumes to get it because it's a beautiful coffee table book. And I have enchanted costume there and haunted mansion costumes there. So I'm very, very lucky girl to have two movies there. Uh, but it's a beautiful book. And, you know, that was just very, very special experience working with the old Disney animators because the movie is animated in the beginning and then the character go through this, you know, space tunnel and they end up in New York City live action in those costumes. I mean, I love period. I just did something, again, 90s recently. The movie I just finished in Vancouver was a coming-of-age uh, story of a young teenager girl in the 90s called Mixtape. Mm-hmm. And they end up creating a band, a three-girl band. So that was super fun. So I think what I like and what I choose is, is number one projects that are just kind of, they have a good story. 
to tell. I think good characters. And I think the people more and more so that I want to connect with and work with because of something that it's going to be a great experience exploring art together. Mm-hmm. Because to me, each of my projects, you know, maybe people don't look at it as film. To me, it is art, you know, because I'm really creating something from completely from scratch that's visual, that, that can inspire and have energy on other people. So I personally am a big, big, big fan of Santa Clarita Diet. Um, ah. <laughs> I love, love how you dress Sheila in particular. I just, I adore that Thank show. You. What I'm was so that happy. like? Yeah, I love it. I'm so happy. I love that show too. And it was so fun to work on it. It was so crazy. I love the just premise. I mean, just, a, you know, a real estate agent in Santa Clarita, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, you know, kind of a desert. Mm-hmm. Everybody lives in truck homes. And then she all of a sudden starts eating humans and gets this <laughs> kind of a power. Like she yeah. really gets more and more empowered. And that was really cool how we approached it with Drew, who is very much into costumes. You know, we worked together since Wedding Singer, Never Been Kissed. So, you know, we have a long relationship. And again, we have a shorthand, you know, which is really cool, even after that many years. She was, you know, very always, even in a day, we used to go together shopping too with her to Lomans, if anybody even remembers that yeah. story. Right? <laughs> yes. And you know how they had the big dressing rooms where everybody changed? Yes. There was Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I mean, before cell phones, of course. Uh, but she's very hands-on producer, director. She was, I mean, she was directing and producing and starring in, in Santa Clarita Diet, but she's always very hands-on with the costumes. So we really wanted to show kind of the transition of her. You know, if you remember in the beginning, she kind of had a dowdy suits. There was like Calvin Klein kind of, you know, yes. uh, work, work lady suits kind of dowdy to the knee, you know, kind of a weird length and the jacket's a little bit more like not fitting so well. And as she was really progressing and getting more empowered and strong and feeling good about herself and sharing kind of with all the neighbor ladies, you know, be strong, be good. She was, her look was changing, you know, so she was getting more and more kind of fashionable as, you know, to a point where I think in the last season we were using Alexander McQueen suits. Wow. <laughs> and she was driving Range Rover and, you know, she was yeah. just super stylish with like some fabulous, you know, chunky boots and great simple jewelry. So it was a nice transformation, you know. And I think for someone like Drew too, she was actually coming back from a hiatus and doing movies and films. Uh, because she had kids. It was the first project that she came back with and it was really great for her to kind of get into the fashion, you know, mm-hmm. and get back into the swings. And I mean, you you know, she has her TV show, I mean, her talk show now and it's so fun to see kind of, because the clothes we kind of developed in the film a little bit spilled now into her, you know, into her look. But I love that show. I just felt it was so fun. And I mean, Timothy Oliphant, I mean, my God, what a dream to dress. I was like, Tim, just come in for a fitting, please. <laughs> He's just such a wonderful human being and so charming and so handsome. It was just so lovely. And you know, the two teenager kids, their kids, I mean, the daughter and the neighbor's son, they were just great, great actors, young actors. Even though we were shooting in Santa Clarita Diet in the summer in 115 weather, Fahrenheit, we didn't care. We were having a best time, you know. So oh, it's just great to, again, reunite with people like Drew. You know, it's, it's again, it's the community that you're creating, you know, that you're always coming back to. Mm-hmm. 
That is so cool. So both Audrey and I went to FITM and we uh, went to FITM. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit about your time at FITM or share encouraging words for people that maybe want to get into costume design? Oh my God, you guys, I was... I was in the school before even the campus was built. Ha, 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 ha. So you, you had it nice. We were like sweating in factories downtown somewhere. And, you know, I mean, they had a little campus, but, you know, it wasn't so posh. But it was a great experience, you know, really. I mean, I studied in Europe and then I was in New York and then I came to L.A. So it was a really cool way of getting exposed to a different kind of fashion, you know, very more casual fashion, you know, L.A. with the different type of fabrics. And and that's kind of how I got into the business. Actually, I was in school here, fashion design, and I had friends in film schools and they were like, hey, you in fashion one of my friends was USC studying film and UCLA and they were doing like their little thesis film. They said, Hey, can you help us? You know, you're in fashion. We need some clothes. And that's how I got my first break in a way, you know, where I, I just helped them out and I really loved it right away. And it was super fun to go deeper than just fashion. And I was a good manager. I, you know, I'm good on set. I have a good positive attitude and that's kind of how everything started, you know? So I think that that could be a good example for everybody who is listening to just do, you know, you just have to kind of get your hands dirty, whatever that is, a small movie that friend is doing or, you know, your own artistic projects that you are writing and maybe you do your own little short film, but now you can shoot it on a film on your mm-hmm. phone, you know? So, I mean, you can do so much. There's, I mean, film is great because you can learn at school, you can learn pattern making, you can learn sewing, you can learn sketching, you know? Now the film and TV program is huge. You know, I come to school yeah. and, you know, lecture a lot and talk. And I mean, I just recently even got a graduate a project. A friend of mine, you know, DM me and it's like, oh, I'm looking for some. I'm like, oh, call this guy. You know, he, he's, I know that he's free because I, I was looking for somebody for another project, but that fell through. But I know he's around. So I don't know. Hopefully they connected. But, you know, it's it's taking the chances and always kind of not being negative and like, oh, I don't know. Nobody's going to hire me or there is nothing, you know, out there. I'm sorry, bullshit. You know, <laughs> let's be frank here. There's always something to do. There's people to meet. There's getting out. I mean, now COVID is hopefully we are in a better place. You can get out there. You can, you know, it's, it's having to be helpful too. Yeah. Like not always wanting, well, what's, what's, why don't I get this? Or why don't I do, you know, why somebody doesn't hire me? Well, maybe you have to get out there. Maybe you have to say, yeah. hey, Mona May, you know what? I, I, you probably can't hire me, but I'll bring you coffee and I will, can I just, you know, be around and watch and how can I help? And, you know, maybe I'll carry your bag when you are at the store, but like learning, being out there, getting out there, you know, reaching out to the costume designers that maybe you love and not just saying, hey, can you get me a job? But saying, oh my God, you've inspired my work, you know, just like by what you do and, I would love to learn or can I interview you? Whatever it is, you know, just kind of, you have to push through. If you're sitting around and crying and making yourself a victim and sad, nothing is going to ever happen. Yeah. No, you're totally and taking, right. And I think taking chances, you know, taking chances and, you know, LA is such a strange city because it really is connections. Mm-hmm. That's how you get you know, it's it's like, oh, somebody heard of you. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I have this great girl. She's awesome. You know, she helped me on this project. Yeah. And she shows up on time and she is always in a good mood. And then, you know, she comes up with the good ideas. 
I mean, it's to a point where I'm, you know, interviewing people or even when I go to Finland, sometimes I go and review portfolios, you know, like you can tell from a portfolio how somebody is going to be because if their portfolio is really done and it's like, wow, I'm and the, the, you know, the drawings, you don't have to be the Michelangelo with the drawings, but the good drawings, they have good colors and they made good mm-hmm. copies and you have good swatches, you cared, you're telling a story. I can see that. Yeah that you cared. But if somebody is like sloppy, something is not finished and like there's always an excuse, do I want that person on my team? Not really. Mm-hmm. And so just with the hecticness and busyness of your job, may I ask, how do you go about connecting with yourself and making sure that you're doing okay through all of the work that you do? Meditation, meditation, meditation. Love it. I have to tell you, it saved my life. Yeah, I learned it about 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went on a kind of a spiritual trip to Tibet and Nepal and like kind of learned more about it and really am able to ground myself and keep myself kind of in the center of the chaos that I don't become the chaos. Yes. And I think that's a really good thing to learn because the job that I am do is chaos. So I, if I come into the chaos and I'm centered, mm. then everybody else centers. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of bring that peace. And then when somebody walks in, they're like, oh, I just met recently Liam Neeson. I'm working with him. And he walked into my room and he's like, wow, it's so peaceful here. And I said, yeah, I meditate. He's like, I can tell. Because it's like, I just, I'm not nervous. I'm just here. I'm present. I also feel secure myself. I know that I did my best to prepare. And I have to also let go a little bit of the control and let the thing flow. Trust the process that maybe it's not perfect. If something doesn't go perfect, we can fix it. We can get something else. But I think that is a really one of the best things that I can really recommend to anyone. And I don't think you have to be a monk and, you know, walk on hot calls every day. (laughs) But I think it's about just spending the time with yourself. That's quality. So it's self-care with food, sleep, nature. You know, that's why actually, I mean, my dog traveled with me from LA to Berlin where I'm right now because he is my savior. Like I have to get up in the morning and walk him. So I do my meditation, I walk my dog, I look at the trees, I look at the sky, I think of things, then I get home, I have my little tea, you know, have my little food, I go to work, you know, he's there, then I have to maybe in two hours take him out for a walk too, so I can take a little break. Yeah. You know, so finding your thing, but I think the self-care is really important. And, you know, for some people, maybe meditation is running. For some people, meditation is, well, I don't know, singing in a shower or it's, it's different ways that you can achieve it. But I think grounding yourself where you not always in your head and going, jumping from one thought to another, you know, you have to be able to kind of stop that chatter and go, okay, here I am. This is the task ahead. I mean, I, you know, I'm a department head. Sometimes I have 40, 60 people working for me. I have things in the making. I have deadlines. I have more actors coming in and they're flying in from there and then, and, 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 and like things change and the director wanted one thing and now it's a different thing and I have to be like, okay, I got to stay here. Mm-hmm. Because again, if, if I'm at the top, start going, then all my department is going to go. So I have to stay calm. Okay, 
this is the new thing. Okay, what do we do? Okay, change that. Okay, you go there. Okay, come back. You know, like today, I was why I was late, you guys, I'm sorry, because the guy who showed up for a fitting sent us the wrong sizes. Oh, man. So we walked into the fitting. He tried a pair of pants, and he couldn't even pull them up all the way. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, sorry, I, I sent you the wrong chart, and, you know, COVID again, you know. So we didn't have one thing that fit him. So the girls had to leave the office, go to the nearby mall, mm. shop for him. Meanwhile, I said, you have to wait because we got to fit him tomorrow. I have to fit his stunt. Mm-hmm. Took two hours, came back, did, redid the fitting, you know, and you just got to, what are you going to do? Get mad and get crazy? You just got to be, okay, you go get the clothes, come back and we redo the fitting, you know? So it's just, you, just always something is going to come up. Yeah. And especially in film changes and, and knowing how to deal with change and what comes up very quickly, you know? So that I think, again, some of it comes from experience, but some of it comes from a calm mind. Mm-hmm. No, it's so important. And thank you for such a lovely answer. Cause as we talk to costume designers, we're always just curious as to how they come back to themselves at the end of the day and, and just make sure that they're doing okay. So like you said, the rest of the team can also be balanced and centered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really, our hours are long, 10, 12, 14 hour days, you know, those are long days. So you, you, yeah. you can easily get swept away in it all, you know, and one drink is okay. But then if you have four, you can't really get up in the morning and have, you know, clear minds. I think you yeah. have to find a different way to deal with the stress, you know? <laughs> exactly. So what is next for Mona May and where can our listeners follow you? I don't know what's next for me. I got a call today from LA, which I have to just return after our our talk. And I got a text from a director friend in India who is doing a movie. I don't know, you guys. That's what's so exciting about my life. You know, <laughs> this year I was in Vancouver. And then I came home to LA and I left Berlin and who knows what the rest of the year will be. And how people can follow me. Uh, my Instagram is probably the best. At okay. It's Mona May, so I-T-S-M-O-N-A-M-A-Y. But I also invite the viewers to check out my website, monamay.com, which is wonderful because it has a lot of sketches and there's some process, especially on Stuart Little, how I kind of designed the costumes for the mouse. And it's just visually really beautiful. There's a lot of photos and I'm just always happy to share. And hopefully book is coming soon. So just got to, you know, get, get all of the things, you know, in timely matter happen. But I just I can't wait to share more, you know, about my process and my life. And um, just, I think, delight people uh, with my creativity and inspire people, you know, to do the same and to just kind of, I don't know, get tickled by all of it and have fun, you know, because in the end, that's what it's about to me. You know, let's have fun. Yeah. Well, we are so happy and we are very, very honored that you gave us some of your time and came on to the DM today. We hope that the listeners, that they hear you out because you you were dropping a lot of golden knowledge and <laughs> you're such a, a big deal in the industry. So we're again, we're fans and we just thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me and call me anytime and all the best to you. Thank you so much, Mona. Bye, everyone. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The DM with Audrey Brienne and Tyree, where we had a Q&A with distinguished costume designer Mona May. A special thank you to Nearby Sound for our theme song. If you enjoyed the show, please introduce your friends to our work, rate, review, and follow. Check us out on the DM.net or on Instagram at, at Audrey Brienne and at Tyree Style. The DM is produced by Joe Passarelli, Audrey Brienne, and Tyree.